In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey, brothers and sisters, I think we have many lessons we could take from our readings today. The lesson of prayer is obviously persistent in these readings, and God is asking us to be persistent in prayer, to never give up, to always trust in him, to not doubt, to have faith. Then there's also the need to to know him through his word, as the second reading said, St. Paul to Timothy, that all scripture is inspired by God, and there's what we need in it in order to get where we're going. Oftentimes, our Protestant brothers use this text to deny the magisterium or the tradition of the church as if scripture was the only thing necessary, but that's not what this says. It says that in scripture, we can find what is necessary for our salvation without taking away the fact that we need a faithful trans interpretation of it, that's the magisterium of the church, handed on down through the ages by the tradition. And in the gospel, Jesus insists, using this interesting story about an unjust judge, one who doesn't care about God or others, and how he's willing to give in for his own sake. How much more will God, who loves his children, be willing to answer their prayers? What is prayer? Oftentimes I've heard people tell me, well, I don't know how to pray. How do you pray? And sometimes we, we complicate prayer as if it has to be something difficult or extraordinary or something we need to learn in a methodological way. And that's not true. Prayer is a simple conversation with God. It's, it's a heart-to-heart. -heart. It's placing myself before the one who loves me, opening myself up and allowing him to open himself up to me. Prayer is just a heart-to-heart -heart conversation. And Jesus says here, he told his disciples, that's you and me, all of us who follow Jesus, about the necessity for them, the necessity for them to pray always without becoming weary. Now, if... I understand the word always correctly. I believe it means without end. Always means there's no break in between. Sometimes we think, okay, I go to Mass on Sunday, I prayed. Now for the rest of the week, I'm good until next Sunday. And I come back and I pray. And then I'm good in God somewhere out there. I don't know. Maybe during the week I remind myself about him or think about him or, or think about I'm going to go next Sunday again. That's not always. That's for an hour on a, a week. I'm not mistaken, there's 24 hours in a day, and there's seven days in a week. Right? So that's, uh, what, 100 and, how many hours is that? 168, I think, in a week? That's always. How many minutes are in an hour? How many seconds in a minute? Were you praying on your way to church today, or did you just start to pray when you got here? When you go home tonight, will you be praying, or will you, oh, yeah, I already prayed, I did that at church. Sometimes we think prayer has to be just the formal prayers, like the rosary, which is a beautiful prayer. I prayed my rosary, or I prayed my novena, or I prayed my devotion, or I prayed three Our Fathers, which is the greatest prayer of all. If you don't know what to pray, pray the Our Father, pray over and over again. Jesus taught it. 
But there is another way of praying in order to make prayer be always. Whatever you're thinking right now can be a prayer if you turn it to God. You know, when you're driving down the road and you have an option between road rage and prayer, you can choose. The person cuts you off, you say a few nice choice words, and allow the road rage to get you, right? Or you say, oh, dear Lord, thank you for not causing an accident. Help them to drive better, and me too, right? Everything throughout the day you can turn into a prayer. What am I going to make for breakfast? Oh, Lord, what am I going to make for breakfast today? The offering of your work, I'm going to go to work, I have to work in an office, I have to work in a construction site, or I have to work. Lord, let every nail I drive today be for your honor and glory. And throughout the day, it may come deliberately to your mind to re-offer that and offer up whatever you're doing, whether it's at the desk or in the workplace, wherever it might be. Or it might be at the beginning of the day, a total offering of every breath and everything I do for the glory of God. And then a striving to live in accordance with that by when the temptations come our way to stray from God and do our own selfish thing by saying no to the temptation and turning back to God, we're actually in prayer. And who's not tempted all day long? We're tempted with our pride. We're tempted with our lust. We're tempted with our avarice. We're tempted with our selfishness. We're tempted with so many things throughout the day. And we can let the temptation grab us and carry us and thus turn away from God. Or we can use the very same temptation to turn toward God, to ask him for grace, the strength to overcome, for forgiveness if we've fallen. Maybe you caught yourself late and you, oh, sorry, Lord. Well, that's a prayer. To pray always means to let my life be lived for God. Even when I make mistakes, I can turn those mistakes into a prayer. Because God the Father is always willing and ready to receive me, to forgive me, to call me home. Moses, in the first reading, is fighting this battle. He has Joshua go down to fight Amalek. And as long as Moses was in prayer with his his hands raised up to God, they won the battle. But when he got tired and stopped praying, they were losing. In other words, depend on me, persist in prayer, and you will win the battles in your life. Now again, oftentimes we've been asking God to answer our prayers, and we want him to answer them the way we think is best. That's never going to happen. He's always going to answer them the way he thinks is best. Sometimes that may coincide with what we're thinking. You ever prayed for a loved one who's very sick and dying and asked God to heal them? Isn't it funny how when he does, we say God is good? And when his answer is no, I want them with me, oftentimes we can think, why didn't you hear my prayer, God? I did hear it. I just answered it the way I thought was best for his soul or her soul and for yours. Sometimes we pray for things that we want, and God says that's not what's best for you. 
My will be done. Jesus prayed, Father, let this cup pass me by. But not my will, yours. And the scriptures say his prayer was heard. And because of his obedience, we were saved. The prayer was heard. The cup did not pass him by, but he took it up by the will of the Father for the salvation of our souls. And so the answer that God gives to our prayer may not always be the one that we expect, but it will always be the one that is best. Like the little girl who prayed for Christmas for a horse, and she prayed, she was only five years old, and she wanted a horse, and all the adults knew she was praying and asking for a horse, and she kept saying, oh, I'm asking God to give me a horse for Christmas. And when Christmas came, there was no horse. And the adults said to her, see, God didn't hear your prayer. And she said, oh, yes, he did. He just said no. Yeah, a, little ho a horse for a little five-year-old, maybe not the best idea. Well, wait till you're 10 or 15 or 20. I'll give you a horse. God knows best. No. He always answers our prayers the way he wants to. That's why prayer is not just our talking to God. It's a heart-to-heart -heart conversation, yes, but it's also our listening to God. And oftentimes it would be better if we listened more and talked less. Someone said once that God gave us two ears and one mouth. There must be a reason. He wants us to listen more. Oftentimes we talk more than we listen. And God is always talking to you. He talks to you in every decision you make. When you're faced with a dilemma or a problem, especially moral questions in your heart and your mind, and you have to choose between right and wrong, and the voice of God is there, urging you on to choose to do what is good and to avoid evil. And yet it's up to us to respond to his voice in our hearts, in our conscience. Gaudium's past number 16 says, the conscience is the inner tabernacle where man is alone with God where the human person is alone with God. That's what our conscience is, that place where we find ourselves alone with him and we can say yes to his will or no. We can seek to please him or be selfish and please only ourselves. We can allow his voice to resonate within us all day long. And it does all day long. We come across every, every decision you make during the day. God's in it, if you want him to be, unless you have shut the door and put him out. That's what prayer is. And in this gospel, Jesus says, I want you to persist in prayer. Pay attention. Will not God then secure the rights of his chosen ones who call out to him day and night? Will he be slow to answer them? I tell you, he will see to it that justice is done for them speedily. And then he ends with this, I don't know if it's telling, it's worrisome, it's sad. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, after giving this lesson says, but when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.